Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Praise the Lord. We're going to read from the passage, Zechariah chapter 4. We'll read from verse 11 to 14. Zechariah 4, 11 to 14. The Bible says, Then I answered and said to him, What are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and on the left? And I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the gold the golden oil drains. I've told us many times, when you see something repeated in the scripture, it was, it's not because there's nothing else to say. It's because it's important. This man was asking the same question again. Actually, this is the third time in this conversation, very short conversation. Verse 13. Then he answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, Lord, I don't know. So he said to me, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. These are the two anointed ones who stand before the Lord of the whole earth. I want to read one more scripture quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 to 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us. Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. The spirit searches all things. We continue in a series that we started a couple of weeks now. Characteristics of the new beginning. Characteristics of new beginning. Many times people talk about new beginning. You know, we said new beginning in a new year. But for many people, we've discovered that is the beginning of the old. People just repeat the same old cycle, repeat the old same mistake, and before you know it, there is very little difference in the one they had before. My prayer, as we have been talking about new things going on in this season, it will not be a repeat of the old. And to understand that this is new, the Lord started showing me there are certain characteristics. If you're going to have a new beginning, some things must be present. And so we started studying from the book of Zechariah chapter 4. And he told us those things. Zechariah, as a man, he found himself in an unusual position at this time. There was nothing in his past that prepared him for the kind of things. Nothing in his training that prepared him for what was going on. It was a time when people that were actually loyalists to the author, the previous king, uh, the king had sent them out to monitor the various provinces. And then suddenly King Cyrus came up and he, he made this new policy and sent people out. I'm giving us the background to the story. And he said people could return, they could have their liberty. He said to people that their lives matter. He told them that, you know what, it's okay for you to go and discover yourself, know your God, become somebody again. I'm sending you out. But the people didn't like it. The old masters, the, the, the people that manage their situation, they said, no, this is not going to be. So they started creating problems for them. They started raising all kinds of challenges for them. 
And you know, kings come and go. And in the midst of this crisis, all kind of things occurred. While they disturbed them, so the work they went out to do, they stopped doing it. And even the people of God who actually went out with zeal, we're going to do something. We're going to become something. They got discouraged. Many of them were dodging. They were hiding their heads. And before you knew it, the work of God halted. And so year after year, nothing happened. People became full of themselves. They now started looking after themselves. They got used to the life that they have made for themselves. And it was so bad. That even the people who were the local leaders, the local governors, they tried to whip up their awareness to get the people going again, but they met with stiff opposition. The people who were religious leaders, like Joshua of the day, he couldn't do much. There was an attack from every side. People made up their mind that you're not going to make it. It's in the midst of this. There was a background that Zechariah found himself. He found himself in a spiritual encounter. We had the, the Holy Ghost or where the angel was showing him a dream, a vision, something that did not match what he could see on the ground. He was saying to him that, can you see it's going to be a new day? Can you see it's going to be a new thing happening? But it didn't match what he could see. Have you found yourself having a dream, have you got yourself in a position where you're having a dream of everything that you are seeing does not match what is in the physical? Are you getting a situation where there are promises of God coming to you, but... He doesn't match what you are seeing in the physical. Friends, these are no normal times. When things that you see confront the sanity of everything else that you hold as normal. Everything that you used to know. Everything questions the safety of what you used to hold on as there. Things begin to change. When those kind of things occur, friends, you still have to understand. No safer place to go to than to run to God. The word... He's in a situation that we have not been through before. So Zechariah found himself in an encounter that nothing in his training matched what he was going through. The world is changing. You know, one other thing in the midst of all this is that the world has suddenly become black life matters conscious. And I said, praise God. It's almost like this subject never existed. This is going on at the same time. Past injustice. That had been done to men have been unearthed. Not only unearthed, they actually have been given prominence airtime. And nobody will raise an eyebrow. It's like, yeah, you mean that happened? They must be punished. But it didn't just happen. Things that you couldn't imagine before are happening now. But the question remains, friends. How everyone, especially, especially, Everyone who ever felt marginalized before now, how are they going to actually make best use of this time? That's the core of my message to you this morning. In the midst of all this, how are you going to make the best use of this time? This imagined new normal. How will it best serve you in job opportunities, in entertainment industry, how will it best serve us in the church, in ministry? How will it best serve us? How can we take the best advantage of the moment in education? How will it best serve us? With all these changes that's coming up, how will it serve me? Now this remains to be seen. And the question also is, where is God in all this? 
Where is God in all this? See, in the midst of chaos, disorderliness, and in the midst of confusion that was at the beginning of the first beginnings, we thought that where the face of the deep was so dark, and, but the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord was hovering. And then God was still present. You mean God can be present in the middle of chaos? Yes. I wanted to know that God has not gone nowhere. And in fact, God is in the center of it. Because people didn't understand, how can God be? And I'm this confused. How can God be present and I'm so much in pain? How can God be present and I don't know what to do? How can God be present and my life seems to be upside down? But that is God. God was present. And the Bible said, the Spirit of God upon the deep. And God said, you see that? The voice of God made the difference in the middle of the confusion. So last week, we told ourselves that after what do you see, which was vision, voice was important. And I found myself being pulled deeper into this voice. And so this week, I'm looking deeper into it. Because as you see all these changes going on, the question is, what voice are you hearing? And what voice are you speaking? In the midst of all this going on, voice makes a difference. Because God, he reveals his power when he speaks. His creative voice that is able to make a change. He's able to transform things. His voice. This is what I don't understand. How you can be missing from prayer time. I don't understand who are you calling on. Why should you not be the one praying when everyone is praying? Why shouldn't you be the one praying when you need to pray? The only thing that can help you chat your way through the confusion of life right now is prayer. Ask your friend sitting beside you, where were you when we pray? When last did you pray? And I mean pray. 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 The Bible tells us in John chapter 6, verse 63. It said it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. If your voice is going to be spirit and life in this season, you have to begin with prayer. It has to begin with searching the mind of God. Searching God, where are you in this? In the midst of this confusion, in the stillness, or in the midst of the chaos, there is still God's going to speak. Before we become the voice of change, there has to be hunger for understanding. Hunger for understanding, God, what's your view in this? This must be real. There has to be hunger, an insatiable hunger. God, what are you telling me from this passage? What are you saying from this passage? There has to be hunger much more than your necessary food. It's very important. You know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 46, he said, then shall we know if we follow on to know. I love that scripture. The last time you had the last message, that's the last time you thought about it. People with solution matters. Now this is where the text before us today comes in. There are two ways we can look at this subject. 
And we started it last week. It begins with ask the relevant question of life. It's not just to ask any stupid question. It's not just to ask any kind of question. Ask the relevant question of life. The question you ask reflects the thinking capacity and the kind of voice you will bring to the table. Have you ever been in a meeting and somebody asks a question and the moderator says, hmm, thank you for that question. That is actually, we haven't talked about that. They made note of it and they also made note of you. Ask the relevant question. The relevant question of life. Not the one that you say because you just have to ask the question and it makes everybody to know what a fool that person was. May that not be you in Jesus' name. The voice is important. Isaac, a young man, was on a journey with his father. They were going to sacrifice as the Lord had sent him on Mount Moriah. And Isaac, he said, Dad, look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for sacrifice? The question he asked revealed the kind of voice he's bringing to the table. He said, I'm not just going on a journey with my dad. I don't care. He said, we should go, so I'm going. He showed the father, I am part of where we are heading to. Do you ask the relevant question about your department where you work? About your church where you serve? About your family where you live in? Ask the relevant question. Very important. David was sent by his father. In 1 Samuel 17, he said, take groceries to the war front. And he got to the war front. He saw everybody panicking. He knew there had been trouble going on. They've been on this war for some days now. He asked a relevant question. Do you know the question he asked? Huh? He said, what will be done for the person who kills this Philistine and delivers Israel from the reproach? Oh, my goodness. Think about the question he could have asked. He could have asked, uh-uh. This battle is still going on. When will it be over now? He could have said that. He could have said, ah, my brother, when are you coming home? He could have said, ah, hey, may God just send somebody home. What will be done to the person who kills? And I'll think about that. He already saw the end of it. Who kills? Why would a young man ask that kind of question? Who kills? That's to tell you the kind of voice he's bringing to the table. My friend, this is how black life matters. The person who kills. This problem. And then look at Nehemiah. I, I can go on and on. Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah was already settled. He was having his job. He was already happy with his life. But then he had news about problem back home. The Bible said he became so sad. He became so burdened. He was not looking for a, a building for himself. He went to the king. And the king said, you are sad. I know you to always be full of life. <laughs> he said, why will I be happy? When my, 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 my father's house lies in ruins, will the king allow me to go and fix it? The right question. What question are you asking of life? I can go on and on. The scripture is full of the people who ask the right question. You want to understand how voice works? This is how it works. Daniel. And his three friends, or Daniel and his two friends, the Bible said, 
they heard that the king was very upset. And he was killing all the wise men and the astrologers. So they called. They said, what's going on? The king is now happy. Ah, the king is going to kill everybody. Why? Because they're just taking salary. They're not offering any service. Really? Can I go to the king? I've got the answer. Now, look at this. He's bringing a voice to the table. Don't just say it. Black life matters. If black life does not want to step up on the game, that's where I am on this morning. In this season that God has created for you, my brothers, my sisters, there is an answer. The stage is set, so much set, that you are the next big thing. He went to the king. He said, king, bring it on. King said, well, I'm not going to tell you. You go figure it out. You know what he did? He went and he had a spiritual encounter. May you have that encounter as you hear the word of God this morning. In the name of Jesus. And the Lord opened heavens. Because he asked the right question. Because he asked the right question. I can go on and on. That's why the scripture makes it clear. That there are things that eyes have not seen. Things ears have not heard, but it's already reserved. Do you know it's reserved for? For people who are asking the question. He said, you have not because you asked not. Ask that it shall be given. That's how it is. Ask the right question. So you see, this man, he asked this angel three times. In verse 4, in verse 11, in verse 12, he kept on asking the question until he got an answer. As you ask the Lord in this season, asking prayer, asking fasting, asking studying, asking focusing, may God open the heavens over you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We must ask the relevant question and intelligent questions of life. This is what we justify our place at the table. My friends, questions which you ask will open your eyes to other possibilities that people around you, including automated systems with the artificial intelligence and omitting. That's what it is. There are things even computers cannot ask. That's where you're different. This is a season of intelligent curiosity. You have to get good at doing things that computers can't do. You know what? Computers will be better at, they'll be more diligent at timekeeping. They'll be more diligent at getting it together. But they can never be as good as you in creativity. Never, never be as good as you in innovative thinking. Hallelujah. That's why God created you above all things. You have to be a person that is prepared to ask, well, okay, what if this system fails? The system can only go that far. That's where, this is a season. Don't just say, oh, we have things that are already set out. Really? In order to rise up and not be left behind again in this new dimension, those of us particularly the BME ethnic minority, we have to deal with some internal fundamental hindrances. We have to deal, what did I just say? With some internal, not, as, not outside. It's not outside, no, it's not external. Internal fundamental hindrances. Many of us have to deal with this. 
See, these hindrances, consciously or unconsciously, they are responsible for your output. They are responsible for your input. They are responsible for your outlook. These hindrances. And I just want to mention only about three of them. This is going to hurt a little bit. But I believe it will heal you. It will, be, it will heal you. And I want to hear me out. Three important hindrances. The first one. Are you ready for this? <laughs> superstition. We have to deal with it. We have to deal with superstition. See, the problem with this is there is a fine line between superstition and supernatural. That is a fine line. But the difference is supernatural actually is a force of empowerment while superstition is a force of inhibition, limitation, and lack of effort. We find a way to excuse everything away. If that was God and if that was true, truth is universal. <laughs> truth is universal. If it is true in London, it will be true in Durban. It will be true in New York because truth is universal. But when it is not true, it has variations and it's contradictory and it is subjective from place to place. See, what you call sacred is another person's project in another place. It's another person's research topic. In another place, you call it sacred. Oh, nobody touches that. No, someone touched it and discovered something better. In Acts chapter 28, if you read from 1 to 6, and the barbarous people chewed us no little kindness, even though they were barbarians, but they had some good nature in them. They kindled fire and received us, every one of us, because of the present rain and because it was cold. So when Paul and gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them out on fire, there came out a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang out on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom thou hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not for him to live. So he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. Howbeit, they looked when they should have, they said, expected him to have swollen and falling down and dead sudden, died suddenly. No, nothing like that happened. After they looked and for a great while, they saw no harm come unto him. They changed their mind and said, what? He was a God. These people had a superstitious belief about reptiles, about snakes. That it was one of the things God uses to judge their God. They've held on to the belief. And when the snake came up, now they're expecting the judgments. But when it didn't happen, they changed their mind. Superstitions can always be changed. How is it changed when you receive superior power, superior knowledge, when you receive proper education, when you're educated by the power of the Holy Ghost? Some of the things you held there, you know what's so interesting? Superstition is not only limited to black folks, White people, too, have their own superstitions. They do have their own superstition. Superstition is a leftover of false religion. An unfounded history carried from one generation to another. 
I remember growing up in Africa. I encountered a, a number of situations that where people will refuse to cut a particular tree. They will not cut a tree, a tree that could have given way for better road to be constructed. They said because the ancestors live in that tree. People have gone beyond. They live in that tree. So many people live in darkness. Their lives are endangered. They die unnecessary death. Superstition. Let me give you some examples of white people's superstition. My daughter helped me with this. I understand if you break a glass mirror, that is seven years of bad luck. And I said to myself, my goodness, many of us have got seven, many seven years of bad luck. How could it never happen? That's another thing about superstition. When you don't know it, it doesn't even touch you. Seven years of bad luck for breaking a glass. I can imagine some people starting that so that young people don't cut themselves. But that's that. Another one, you don't, you don't open an umbrella inside the house. That's bad luck. Now, the interesting thing about this, this same superstition also obtains in Guyana. I was checking this out yesterday with, with Pastor Caroline. This same superstition, opening the umbrella inside the house is bad luck. And I said, hmm, I guess they've never traveled to some part of my country. In the north, where you give somebody an umbrella, they'll put it up even in the night. But that's a different story. You see how superstitions can be so funny and limiting. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, a part. It says, let God be true and every man a liar. Today, in the name of Jesus, I destroy every lie of the devil. That has limited your ability to explore. That has limited your ability to, to stretch out. In the name of Jesus, this is a new day. You'll be able to ask the right questions of life. And express yourself in greater way. Number two important thing. I have to finish this point today. Number two. Leadership responsibility. Is a hindrance. You know why? Many, many people. Don't even see themselves as a leader. Leaders by nature create a path for the coming generation to follow. Leaders put the interests of other people, they put their interests first. Many black people get involved on the basis of what is in it for me. Yeah. Jennifer Granholm said something. She said, sometimes leadership is planting trees under whose shade you will never see it. They ask questions not for today's purpose only. They ask questions for the benefit of tomorrow. That's real leadership. They ask questions of life for the benefit of tomorrow. They start a business for the purpose of tomorrow. They start a thing. If you can think like this, God will begin to give you the body for the right questions. Black people's understanding of power when they get into leadership is one of dominance over each other rather than service. My dear friend, in this season, your ability to ask the right question will come from the heart of service. Ask of this question I'm asking, not because it's supposed to benefit me. Because it will benefit mankind. Every device you get in your hand, everything we are benefiting from, somebody with a heart of service created it. They asked the right question. How can this help somebody who is in that field? How can this help somebody who is going to carry out this particular role? Think beyond you. 
Think beyond your need. Think beyond your gain. You know one of the things which actually amazed me most about power, leadership, and the black folks, we black people, many times we use power against each other. Now, if a white person now come into that group, you will see the same black leader will change its attitude towards the black, towards the white person. So there is a rule which we feel we can lead black folks, but a white person we change it. This is not a white, white, black person message. It is a thing about asking the right question. What question are you asking at this time? Almost like we expect even the white person who is under our leadership even to take over the leadership. Why is that so? Because somewhere at the back of our mind, we are always being led. Let me round up with this last point. And this last point might sound quite funny to some people, but it is true of you. Colonialism. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you lived in the time of colonial rule or not. It's somewhere in the system. And I'll tell you how. It makes no difference at all. This is the reason why many people don't ask the relevant question. The colonial masters did not bring education to liberate the black folks. They brought schooling so that we can just do what the colonial masters wanted us to do. Now, watch this. Part of what that schooling means, you have to dress in a particular way before you are taken seriously. I remember many years ago in our rural work, outreach work, years ago in Nigeria, we went to this village and my friend told me then, a local pastor, he said they won't take you serious if you are not wearing suit. And that's serious. And I said, why? He said, look at most of the pastors are wearing suit. Now, the people wearing suit, the barber that sold their suit didn't qualify. Did you hear me? It's a barber that sold their suit. Because the suit looked funny on them. But colonial mindset tells you you have to dress in this dressing before you can have a message. So the same way, it makes us not to learn to cherish the good thing inside of you and you drop that because you have to embrace another. It affects every generation. It's in there. Somewhere in there. So if we are saying in this season of change, and so you see, what are these? I'm asking the angel. What are these on the right? What are these on the left? I have to get rid of certain mindset, some paradigms that are in there that have made us over the years not to be able to ask the questions that will bring out the the freshness of the Holy Ghost. What are these? What are these? What voice are you bringing to the table? Is it a new voice that is carrying power? Or the one that has to... Do you know the same thing makes us not to cherish even our names? So you see, many times we feel we need to change our name that is only two syllables. We need to change it make it satisfactory to somebody's hearing. And then you meet your Jewish friend with his five-syllable name. And he hasn't changed his own. He hasn't changed his dressing. And then he says, you have to memorize his name. And you have to. And he's respected. And he brings to the table what you're bringing to the table. My friend, what am I trying to say? You must allow God in this season to get you down to your roots 
And I'm not saying your root is anywhere African or Caribbean. No. Your root is the he that is on the inside of you. He is greater than everything you have held on to and believed and you have carried on over the years. Because there is a new day. There is a new day. There is a reason why you had your training. There is a reason why you have your giftings. You must allow that reason to begin to, to come forth in this season. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 19, it said the creation waits eagerly. Eagerly. The creation waits for the eager expectation. I see the expectation for the children of God to manifest. The revealing of the sons of God. The goodness on the inside of you will be revealed. The power of God on the inside of you will be revealed. Your grace will be revealed in your profession. You cannot be apologetic. This is the season. This is the season. Don't say, because of my accent, I'm not accepted. Because of my look, I'm not accepted. Unless I look like somebody. No, you are good in how you look. You see? If we can go past even this basic hindrances. Don't think it's only for the old people. It's affecting the, ch the children too. That's how you see young people. They begin to take on an identity that it doesn't look like them. And even from childhood, they begin to lose what is real about them. The other day I was speaking to my brother-in-law. And we're talking about even breakfasts that are healthy. That we grew up with. Breakfasts that are healthy. Many of us have traded it for some other quick, quick fit breakfast that are not healthy. And we know. Now the interesting thing is when you go to an hotel and you see those breakfasts, you go for them. What's wrong here? And then when you travel the nations, you go to some other countries, you find that they have not lost touch with their own breakfast and they look healthy and live longer. What am I saying here? It's time, if we are waking up, let's wake up. The world is waking up to something now. This is crucial because this is where one's identity is lost. My dear friend, you need to understand when it comes to voice. The reason why God gave you a voice is because your voice is different from my voice. We need all the voices to come into the orchestra. That's where the good melody. Your voice does not have to be my voice. You must come to the table with your angle, with your dimension, with your, with your own parts. When you bring your parts, don't try to take my voice. Come with your voice. When you bring all the voices to the table, then the choir master mixes it. And then he says, mm, it's your turn to sing. Then your turn to sing. And when everything is put together, the word rejoices. So Zechariah asks as I close, what are these olive trees? On either side of the altar. Now, you've got to understand, he has been seeing the altar all his life. He's a priest. He knows about the altar. But the only reason he can see this is because he did not allow himself to be familiar. If you're going to ask the right question, time has come. Do not be familiar. It's a new day. Begin to ask a new question. Don't think it's business as usual. As the church reopens, it cannot be the same old thing. Don't be familiar. Don't be familiar. I say, God, open my eyes to see what I am missing. What are you seeing? What are you showing me? There's something you haven't seen. In your profession, there's something new you haven't seen. As, as businesses begin to reopen, don't take it as old, as old. Come up with that place and don't just say, no, the level I was before is the level I'm going to just automatically get back to. My dear friend, there is a higher 
platform for you. And what will make you to get there is a question you're asking. As we pray right now this morning, I will round up this service. I want you to know that one of the most important questions you can ask. Or before even I say that, I need to say this. Oh, sorry. Whenever you begin to probe for the new normal, don't think it will be a free pass. Very important. Before I forget this. Pastor said we should ask the right question. Whenever you ask, don't think it will be a free pass. Because there will be people who say, what right have you to ask that question? Jesus Christ was going into Jerusalem in Mark 11 verse 1. The Bible said when he got there, he told them, go to this village ahead of you, you will find a cold tide at two junctions where two roads meet. Go there, loose that cord, bring that cord to me. And when you are doing that, if anybody asks you, see that? Anybody ask you, people will ask you sometimes. You have to tell them, loose them. The master has need of this. Your position and my position this time must be to have a deep hunger. That Father, whatever you are doing in this season, don't do it without me. Whatever you are doing, Lord, don't leave me out. Don't leave me out. Don't leave my voice out. Don't leave my giftings out. Don't leave my training out. Don't leave my experiences out. Whatever. If you have to use me to go look for a court tied between the old move and the new move. Lord, send me. Lead me. Guide me. Guide me to that place. If you are saying, God, if I am the court that is tied, this is my time to be released. God, I want to be relevant in this move. You must have a passion for that. Don't just sit there and think, well, <laughs> it's a lockdown season. No. There is a release in the spirit. And you can't afford to stay locked down. You have to unleash the grace of God upon your life. In this season, you know when the court was brought and Jesus Christ rode on the donkey, people were saying, tell your people to shut down. No, 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 no. He said, even if this one shut down, I can raise the stones. My dear friend, your role at this time is to make a way for the Lord. Prepare a way for the coming king. This time, my friend, you are going to say to God this morning, Lord Jesus, as you bow down your heads, Lord Jesus, whatever you are doing in this season, don't do it without me. Lord, don't do it without me. Lord, show me how I fit in. Show me the greater path, the greater purpose. What you have led me through in my life. I pray that in Jesus' name you'll be a voice, not a noise. The voice in the room, not the noise in the room. From this day, receive a new you, a new heavens. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. Would like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.